Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. Father, thank you so much for this gathering. Thank you for these beautiful ones. I know you love and cherish them, and so do I. And thank you, Lord, that your commandment is to believe in the name of Jesus and to love one another by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. If we will walk in those two things, the wicked one will not touch us. That's what your word says. So help us, Lord, to not get off the pathway of divine love. Help us to walk in divine love. Help us to refuse to be offended, Lord. Help us to know our place seated at the right hand of God. And in that position, Father, we just ask you, in the name of Jesus, to heal our land. Forgive our multitude of sins and deceptions. Forgive us, Lord, where this nation has walked in darkness instead of in the light. We pray, Father, that there will be a return to light and life and choosing life. And Father, you know what's right and what's wrong. You know what's true and what's false. And so we petition you as your people to call the people of this land out of darkness into your marvelous light. We know that the government rests on your shoulders and you've entrusted it to your church. So we pray, Father, for the rulership of your kingdom over this land and to restore us back to you. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Lord, we just thank you for this gathering, and we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that the truth of your word and the testimony of the woman of God will clarify many questions in the hearts of people and will encourage us to make choices that will avail to your glory and your path for our lives. Thank you for the precious blood that speaks for us, that protects us, for angelic presence, that strengthens us and helps us and keeps us from harm. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Well, good morning. Thank you for coming. I just am, I'm speechless that summer's almost over. And happy August 1st, hottest month of the year. How could that even be worse than it is now? But I had someone call me from, I think it was Arizona the other day. And I, because I thought, well, I can beat her. I said, what is the temperature there? She said 118 degrees. And so 104 felt cool compared to that. But we just got back. We took a mini vacation. It was so nice to just get away and recharge and reset and just have a little bit of time away. So I want to encourage you to do that, just to... Take a moment before the fall and just get away, even if it's for a day. Do something. Do something different. It makes a difference, really, to get out of your normal setting. So I want to share something with you before I introduce um, our testimony today. And I hope that this, this is really not even what I wanted to do. I can promise you that. But the Holy Spirit has been teaching me about times and seasons because we all want everything instantly, don't we? And we don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. Do you? And, you know, I inquired of the Lord 
that, you know, there were so many immediately in the Bible. I mean, Jesus touched them and immediately they were restored to health and just things happened so quickly and so immediately. And I inquired of the Lord about that. And what I sensed the Holy Spirit saying to me was they didn't have the full truth. And we do. We have much more light, much more light than the people of the New Testament had. And are we walking it out? They believed in the little light they had. I mean, what about the woman with the issue of blood? She had heard. She didn't have these living words, these living pages. We have so much more light and so much more revelation than they ever had. And because of that, we have a lot more required because Jesus said, to whom much is given, say it with me, much is required. And we've been given much. So let's do what is required of us. And a big part of that is what I stated earlier, and that is to walk in love. I mean, Jesus said in John 15 to his apostles that sat at his breast, a new commandment I give unto you. See, they hadn't heard that before. I mean, they had the old covenant, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. But in the new covenant, it's clearly described what love is. Love is patient. Isn't it interesting that the first thing, love is patient? I don't know about you, but the hardest test, especially if you're married, love is patient. I'm going to say it again. Love is patient. That means you're not allowed to walk in annoyances, distractions, and irritations. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Even if you're not married, but you've been married. Come on. I mean, tell the truth. First thing, love is patient. The Lord spoke to me as we enter the fall season that it would be a season of glory. And so, man, I thought all I'm going to do is talk about the glory. Well, you know, you can't have the glory without love. You can't have the glory without putting the past behind you and reaching for what lies ahead. So for just a few minutes, and you're going to hear this in the testimony. We haven't consulted on this, but I know her testimony. I'm just telling you right now, we have to learn not only to trust the process and trust the timing of God, but stay in the presence and the promise and realize this. I'm going to read it to you. There's a time for every purpose under heaven. You know, we always hear the expression, well, there's different expressions. Time is your friend. But how many of you really love waiting for the timing of God? I don't. I mean, I'm just telling you, I don't. But in the timing, there is a process going on that you can't see. Now, before I read this passage to prove what I'm saying, how many of you love babies? How many of you, when they giggle and laugh and engage and look in your eyes and cackle, absolutely, you laugh back, you love it, it's the happiest feeling. How many of you love it when they scream uncontrollably and you cannot control them? How many of you love that? 
All right, here's the revelation. It's the same baby. The laughter and the tears. Same baby. Same package. The smiles and the frowns. Same baby. The tantrums and the first steps. Same baby. So, with that in mind, let's read what the Bible has to say about process. Because you see, if you can't embrace the process, you might never get to the promise. You see, the stories in the Old Covenant, especially the wilderness, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, these things happened as an example for us that we don't fall into the same disobedience as they fell in the wilderness. So they're examples. We don't want the example. We just want the promise. We don't want the giants. We just want the promise. We don't want the manna. We just want the steak. But when they got what they wanted, it made them sick. Ecclesiastes 3, 1. I want you to listen carefully. This is not the prayer of St. Francis or something beautiful on a greeting card. This is the word of God. To everything, say everything. To everything there is a season. And a time. To everything there is a season and to everything there is a time. For every matter or purpose under heaven. I want you to hear this with new ears today. There is a time to be born. Oh, hallelujah. I love that. And there is a time to die. Not so much. There is a time to plant. Oh, yay. And there's a time to pluck up what is planted. There is a time to kill. And there is a time to heal. I love the time to heal. But I don't love the time when something that I was praying for, hoping for, expecting, seems to die. I don't love that time. There is a time to break down, and there's a time to build up. I don't like the breakdown very much, do you? There is a time to weep. I'm going to read that again. There is a time to weep, and there's a time to laugh. How many of you love the laughter? How many of you love the time to weep? The good news is weeping endures for a night. Now, the problem is we don't know how long the night is before joy comes in the morning. There is a time to cast away stones, and there is a time to gather stones together. So sometimes you got to cast away what you were dreaming for so that you can regather and rebuild. There is a time to embrace And there's a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to get. Oh, I love that. And there's a time to lose. There's a time to keep. And there's a time to cast away or let go. I don't like those times. But there's a time and a purpose for everything under heaven. What I want you to get to see today is... There's no such thing as life and a journey 
without the hard times and the good. We only want the good times. And that is why, listen to me, and I am not knocking anybody. Oh, my goodness, I know they make their living off of this, and I know I've been told it's hard work. This is why I have a problem with the highlight reels with the influencers because it gives such a false sense of what is real. Such a false sense. There is a time to rend. That means tear apart. And there's a time to sow. There's a time, oh, I don't like, this is my least favorite, to keep silence and a time to speak. I like that one. I always have something to say. If you hear me ever say I'm speechless, just know it's really big. There's a time to love and a time to hate. Now, we don't hate people. Don't hate people. We hate the enemy. We hate darkness. We might hate the behavior of people, but we don't hate people. There's a time for war and a time for peace. I love the time for peace. To everything, there is a season and a time for every matter of purpose under heaven. I wanted to read that to you today because I just don't think that's a passage we go to very much. But what it all describes is process. And in the process, there's going to be tears and there's going to be laughter. And in the process, there's going to be time of tearing up things and plucking them up that you really thought were going to happen and didn't happen the way you thought they were going to happen. But then there'll be a time to rebuild. And in the process, there's a time where it seems like your dreams are killed. What about, let me give you the best, I think, example in the Bible, and that's the apostles and the disciples. Look at the road, the Emmaus Road. The disciples, remember, they're walking along, and here comes Jesus. They don't recognize him. And they're talking about the events of the last three days, and their hopes were dashed and gone because the one the thought that they thought was the Messiah, the one who did all the miracles before their eyes, he was dead. He was buried. He was gone. It was over. And Jesus comes along. This is my paraphrase. He goes, what are you guys talking about? And they told him the whole story of the failed Jesus. And suddenly, you see, they had their time, their time to weep and their time that their dreams were shattered. And it was a time to lose and cast away and to rend everything they'd hoped for. And all of a sudden, their eyes are open. And they saw it was Jesus, the resurrected Lord. I'm here to tell you today. It may not happen the way we wanted it to happen, but I'm telling you, after every death, there's a resurrection. And you'll hear that today. So I wanted to encourage you. I think that all of us need to read and reread Ecclesiastes 3. And whether you're in that happy time or the sad time, things will turn. And just know there is a purpose for everything under heaven. So I want to introduce to you, Bonnie, if you want to start coming up. This is a precious woman of God. Love her. And I actually met her chosen before last. Uh, I had talked about how the Lord revealed to me that I was not just a warrior, but I was a daughter. And for me, a daughter wasn't something very good because as a daughter, I got a lot of beatings before my father was saved and a lot of 
lot of bad scoldings. And I didn't want to be a daughter because that meant, to me, pain. And then the Lord spoke to me and said I was a daughter. And I shared on that. And then I got a letter from her. And I will let her tell you the rest. This is Bonnie Moya. Welcome her. Thank you guys so much. Um, I never thought in a million years I'd be up here telling you about this. A majority of the time of those who've known me, I always sat in that third row, last seat by myself. I come in and I go out. <laughs> I never really talked to anybody. Um, and there's a reason for that, and I'll explain that. So with this joy and excitement that I've had the opportunity to share with you, it's nothing but God and the amazing breakthrough that he did in my life. Um, there's uh, two parts of my testimony that I kind of wanted to share with you that, um, that God has kind of pressed upon me, and I have little notes so that I can stay focused and on track. <laughs> so um, the biggest thing is, is that, you know, uh, it was this past weekend, um, I don't know about you guys, but when you use your phone and you use it down to when it's down to 30%, you kind of start reevaluating how you're going to use your phone, especially when you don't have time to charge it. And so you start thinking, okay, well, whoever calls, unless they're important, you know, I'm going to answer it, or I don't know if I can take this many pictures. You're very intentional about that because you don't have enough time to charge. And when I was kind of going through this, God showed me, and I'm very much of a, a visual and a, uh, helps me understand how life is and how things go. And so he said, that's why I brought you down to the place you're in. You feel like you only have 30%. When you feel very depleted and you don't have much to give, that you're basically being very intentional with the things that you do, the things that you say, who you talk to, where you go, because you only have 30%. And I don't know about you guys, but in the season that God has been, that I've been in, it's been feeling like I'm at 30%, and I'm very intentional about where I go, what I do. And in that very moment, God told me, he says, and that's how I build your character. Because you're intentional, you're not adding these extra things in your life. You're not doing these additional things. You're not talking to these extra people, and nothing against people or anything like that, but it's very being very intentional because I'm trying to build the character that I need you to have. And so it's very, it's very strategic that God tends to put you in these places and you're like, why am I here? Why am I in these hard places? And one part of my testimony is um, it's dealing with church hurt. You know, you deal with Christians and, and things of that sort. And by all means, I, I'm in a place where I can genuinely say that I love all the people that have been in my life, whether it was been good, bad, or ugly, because it's made me who I am today and I choose to love. That's what I'm going to choose to be. So as I share a bit of my testimony, that's where I'm coming from. And I may share a little bit about the pain and the hurt and the sadness, but simply just to depict where God brought me out of. And one of the biggest things that God showed me was in my testimony was that um, I remember when I was going through a hard uh, situation with people and I just really didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't understand why certain people didn't like me. I didn't understand why they were treating me a certain way. And I tried to find out and I didn't understand and we're praying and fasting and anointing myself. I mean, I literally did it all. I'm like, Lord, what else do I do? And he brought me to a scripture that says about praying for your enemies and blessing them. Well, I sure did close that Bible and I said, is there another option? Is there anything else that I can do? Because honestly, praying for my enemies, why do I want to give them the upper hand when they keep giving me the lower hand? Why do I want to give them something better when they're not even giving me something better? Why do I want to bless them when they're not blessing me? Like, I'm just being real. Like, that's honestly how I felt. And I remember sitting back up and I said, okay, Lord, I was crying. It was very hard. It was not fun. And I mustered up everything that I had within me and I said, Lord, bless her. 
that's all that I had, and I cried. Over the course of time, I continued to pray for her, and I prayed in a greater way, and I continued to bless her because I knew that she went through many other things in her life. So I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, restore the things in her life, this, this, that, and just kept praying for her. And it changed something, not so much for me praying for her and being obedient because I didn't want to do it just because of it as a checkbox, but it did something within my own heart. So as, even though I was still in this toxic environment, it continued to not get better. It was easier in a sense because I continued to choose love. And there was moments where anger rose above and really wanted to come out. And I said, no, I've come too far. And that was at my moment that I wanted to be still and know that, no, I've come too far. If I cannot move forward, I'm going to choose not to go backwards. I choose to be love. I I'm, I'm choose to give love regardless. Um, the other thing that I learned along my way was that keep showing up. No matter what anybody says, I continue to want to keep my integrity, continue to work hard unto the Lord. Remember why I was there. We remember why where you are where you are. It doesn't matter what anybody says or does. Does it hurt? Yes. I'm just going to be real. It does. It sucks. I'm being honest. But I'm going to keep showing up because the Lord called me there and I'm going to do the best that I can to the best of my ability. It tended to get really bad uh, to the point where I began to stutter. Everything I said was being picked apart. Everything, what I wore, what I looked and everything of that sort. And I continue to try to do the best that I can to the best of my ability. And that's in the very moment where you choose to who you want to become. I also had to choose to forgive because I refuse to have any unforgiveness or bitterness or anything of that sort. Because if I have unforgiveness, then it's just going to make it worse on me than it really is on them. That was easier said than done. There's many moments where throughout seconds of the day that I had to keep forgiving. And some days it wasn't as bad, but there was many moments I had to choose to forgive. The other thing is when you're going through these hard trials, when you're dealing with certain people, you got to be careful who you talk to and who you talk with. That's really important, you know, because it's not about gossip. You want people to help build you up or even call you out if you're wrong, you know, and tell you like, hey, Bonnie, you're a little off on that. Or, hey, yes, I'm sorry you're going through this pain. Let me pray for you to help you build you up. So your circle becomes a lot smaller and that's okay. You don't want to add people to add fuel to the fire or tell you things that, yes, your flesh wants to hear. And you want to be like, yeah, you see, I'm right. You know, let's go. Like, get it, let's get them, you know. <laughs> so, of course, who doesn't? But you know that that's not the best thing that you need. So you have to be really honest and stay away from those who you love and mean well. And you know who those are in your life and in your family. Um, the other thing is, is uh, leave. When For me personally, I don't know about you guys. I remember there was a moment where everything shifted, came against me, and I was going to leave the church. And I remember when I was about to leave and I heard God say, where are you going? <laughs> and I thought, what? And I knew what that question meant. And it was so hard and I cried so much. And I remember parking in the parking lot because I was about to go try a new church. And I said, but Lord, you know, like, they don't even like me. And why am I even going to stay there? He said, but I didn't call you out. And I said, well, you need to do something. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know what. So I kept showing up. Some way, somehow, I kept showing up. I knew I was called and meant to be there. I knew I was supposed to be there, even though it hurt, even though I saw people. And I chose to continue to choose love, continue to smile. I still kept my boundaries, don't get me wrong. I still kept my boundaries because I was still continue walking out my healing. But it continued to show up, and eventually I went back there for a few more years. I stayed there, I was very grateful, and honestly, I was promoted into a different position that was not expected even from the ones who were speaking against me. And that's a very, another point that I wanna highlight is that God will often raise you up and promote you, but how are you gonna react and act? 
I wanted to make sure that they knew that I still love them, that I was no better, that I was still the person that they knew then, even though they might have thought so, that I was still going to love and continue to be hopeful and joyful and continue to smile. Did I keep my boundaries? Yes, I did. But I continued as that's what I chose and that's what I was going to do. So I spent the course of the years, and I'm going to tell you the second half of my story, which led me to here to Summit. So I continued the course of the years, and I continued to move up and do everything that God, God positioned me, put me in places. And isn't it crazy that when God puts you in positions and places that people think that, well, you shouldn't be there. And these are some of the lessons that I had to learn that I allowed what people said and did affect me. And that's when I began to realize that my identity wasn't solely 100% founded on the Lord, but it was founded on what other people said and did. I wanted their validation, if I'm just being honest. I wanted to know like, hey, look, I'm on your team too. I just want to come here and serve. And they didn't feel the same way because <laughs> they wouldn't have picked me. But I didn't pick me, God did. And that was one of the things that I always have to look back and realize like, what has God called me to do and be? And I had to focus on that, but it was not easy. Well, tables turned and things didn't go well. And I ended up being, uh, I ended up leaving the church. That didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. I didn't understand why people, and the crazy part is it was the same group of people. And I remember kind of laughing and saying, wow, it's crazy, Lord. I, the same group of people, the same, and it wasn't the whole church because we have to begin to realize that sometimes we say like, oh, the whole church hurt me. Well, let's be real. It's usually an individual or a group of people. Let's call it what it is. But it is, it does feel that way because we feel as though the whole church is against us, but in actuality, it isn't. And so that was my time and my process that I had to walk out. So over the course of trying to figure out where am I going to work, do I even have any friends anymore, what church am I going to go to, I began to go online and I knew that I needed to press on and keep moving forward. So I started watching church online, I joined a Bible study, and that was the best that I could do in that very moment in that season. I remember those moments where I don't know about you, but I tell God, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I am not going to look for work, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. And it's funny how he laughs and he says, okay, we'll see. Next thing you know it, I'm getting pulled over by a cop and I am getting two citations because I am falling too close to the car and I put, didn't put signals on my blinker on my car. I'm like, great, last thing I need is another thing. Don't you feel like when you're down, you keep getting kicked down, you're like, what the heck is going on? But little did I know that that was a setup to lead me to meet somebody where I now work at, at King's Compassion, where I eventually then had people praying for me and loving me. And then eventually they too go to Summit and brought me here. And eventually, I'll be honest with you, she kept inviting me. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm watching online. I'm connected. I'm good. You know, so we're, you know, if I'm being honest, like the, that's your safe zone. No one can hurt you. You're in your room. You can watch in whatever you're wearing. Nothing against it, but there's seasons for that. So I'm watching online. And eventually, as we fast forward through time, as God is continuously working on my heart, we fast forward to August 27th. And I remember it <laughs> clear as day. And he says, it's time for you to go back to church. I'm like, I am at church. <laughs> I'm watching online. And he says, no, to real church, I need you to go in person. And I'm like, well, how about maybe another time? And the pressing kept getting harder and harder. And he says, no, you're going tomorrow. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm continually having this conversation back and forth with God. And he continued to press and he continued to press. And something came out of me that was obviously already in me that I eventually brought whatever, you know, God brings whatever darkness out into light and eventually admitted it to it. Because it's nothing wrong with quoting scripture and praising God and things of that sort. But sometimes we quote it, quote it so much that we're not admitting the truth that's really inside of us. 
So I eventually said, Lord, I hate church and I hate church people. And I cried hard. I was so angry. I did not want to go back. And you're making me go back to a place that just was not good for me, that turned wrong, that didn't turn the way I thought it was supposed to go. I lost friends. I lost a job. I lost everything. Why would I want to go back? I'm okay. I'm good right here. And I got, it got silent. And I'm just crying. And I never thought I'd ever feel that way. In fact, I never really understood why people would say that themselves. And now I'm in this place, a place where I'm just un unhappy. It was quiet. And then the Lord said, I cannot use you if you're not hurt, if you're not healed. Yes. There are other people who feel the same way as you do, but I cannot use you if you're not healed and you're not in church. And I'm like, oh, we have to use other people because I love helping other people. <laughs> so I'm just like, great. I'm like, okay, okay. All right, I'll go. So eventually as I continue, I'm like, okay, Lord, well, I'll text my friend. Maybe she'll come pick me up. But if she doesn't see my text, then maybe, you know, I just won't go. I'll watch online. <laughs> he then had this strong authoritative press on me. He says, well, then you will take your own car. And I'm like, okay, yes, sir. All right, uh, we will take my car, Yes. That morning, I, didn't set, I'm, I did not set my alarm. I thought, well, I wake up, I wake up. I sure did wake up early in the morning. I sure did have time to take a shower and sit there. I'm like, great, man. Okay, well, let me text her because they, let's see if she texts me back. It's like if she was waiting for my text because the second I text, she texts right back. She says, yes, you can ride with us. I'm like, great, all right, here we go. So as I go, she picks me up, and I've already told this to God, and I'm telling her what I just told God. I said, I'm not there to join the church. I'm not there to make friends. I'm not there to, you know, I mean, the list goes on. I literally was flat out saying it. In retrospect, I can look back and say I said it out of pain and hurt. I was afraid. I really was. But I was just like, no, I'm setting my boundary. This is not what I'm not doing. I'm going, and I'm showing up. I said, I will be nice to your friends. I will smile, but that's it. That's as good as it'll get. So we go to church. And the worship was on point. And I know the only way the worship could hit me is because they knew, it's like God used them to touch me in a place that only he could touch. I cried, and that's when the cultivation, and I kept showing up in those moments. Um, there's amazing testimony. What really broke the ground, too, was I met an amazing lady uh, who some of you may know called Mama Lou. Um, I didn't know her name at the time, and I was just standing there waiting for my friend to come out of the restroom. And as I'm waiting... I said, Lord, uh, I, I wanted to move to the other side. He says, stay here. And I'm like, well, I just want to go stand. I just want to stand out of the way. He says, stay here. And I said, okay, here comes Mama Lou walking. She's stretching her legs. And I just admired how beautiful she was and her earrings, her outfit and everything. And it really, I was very mesmerized. And she says, hey, are you new here? I'm just here stretching my legs. And I said, oh yeah, I'm Bonnie. And she says, great, I need you to meet my Bonnie. And I said, oh, okay. So here she grabs my hand. I'm like, oh wait, here we go. And that broke the ice to all things. I remember walking out with my friend and thinking how great God's sufficient, how God, God's grace is so sufficient. And I'm like, thank you, God, because really at the end of the day, I really do love church and I really do love church people. I love everybody. But in that moment, God met me where I was at. And it's amazing what God brings to you. If you just show up, he will bring you people in your life. He'll meet you where you're at as hard as it is. Over the course of the time, I continue to show up and God um, continued to work in my life. He continued to break apart little by little, had a breakthrough after breakthrough, but it continued to felt like, okay, well, there's something else. 
I decided to go to Chosen, and if I'm being honest, my friend too was also saying, you should go. And I'm like, no, it's not for me. It's a bunch of women. I don't know if that's for me, because that was where my greatest offense was. And so eventually, uh, as the time goes by, I tell my friend, you know what, I think I'm supposed to go there. She says, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm so glad she's praying for me, because honestly, I'm just over here making my own decisions, and thank God God pressed upon me. So I show up, amazing uh, amazing speakers, amazing, and I, that's where I had that amazing uh, breakthrough when Sandy spoke and I stood up and were, I was prayed for and I felt like something broke. And I, I honestly had my, my ticket, um, uh, it was a sponsored, so I didn't pay for my ticket and I felt like in some way I needed to give back. Hey, they paid for my ticket, I wanna at least say thank you, I wanna give back. I was talking to a good friend of mine, Amanda, and I said, well, one day I'm gonna mail a letter or something or tell them, you know? And little did I know that she said, oh, I can send it to Sandy, and that's how it came about. And eventually I had the opportunity, I was invited to ladies' Bible study, and again, I'm like, well, that's the last place I wanna go, is somewhere more intimate with a bunch of women, I don't know about that, Lord. And again, it's funny how God continues to tell you what your next step is, and you're like, well, I don't know about that. But if you just keep showing up, and I'm glad I did, and even though I came in and came out and I didn't get to talk to a lot of people, God continued to work on my heart through the worship, through the speaking, all the notes that I took, and it reminded me and refreshed me. It was my moment of rest to continue to God work in my heart and continue to break apart all the things that I, lies that I believe, um, things that happened from the trauma and different things of that sort over, life, over time. Um, when we started doing the Bible study for the journey to the Father's heart, I asked God two questions that I continued to ask God. I said, Lord, I did everything you asked me to do. I don't understand. I'm not saying I was perfect, but I did everything that you asked me to do. And then he reminded me of where I had been stuck in the scriptures with Joseph. And he said, so did he. You see, Joseph did everything that his father told him to do, yet he was thrown into the pit. And I don't know why, but somehow it validated me in a sense like, okay, I'm not crazy and I'm, I just felt this sense of validation through his word. But the next thing that I asked, I said, but they get away with it, Lord. Why is that okay? They get away with it. I'm just, you know, don't we ask ourselves these questions? What about them? And he said, and I'm so grateful for God's grace, but he said, did they? And he reminded me of the scriptures of when the brothers tell, they're afraid that Joseph's gonna hold a grudge against them. That fear that they lived in, that constant, you know, they were the ones in poverty and they're the ones that needed help. Like all the different things that they were going through and Joseph continued to show love. But it's like God was telling me, no one gets away with it. I'm a just God. Yeah. And I knew at that very moment, more breaking came. And it's leading to the breakthrough that I genuinely want to share with you guys. So as God continued to break, he kept saying, you need to let go. And I'm letting go as much as I can let go. We went to a prayer, group, prayer night and I'm like, okay, I'm letting go a lot, God. And it seemed like there was something else. Okay, I'm letting go, I'm letting go. And I was offered the opportunity to help teach a class. And I thought, yes, I want to. And this is something that I think is very important as a leader is that yes, there's God's grace in the things that we go through when we're actually teaching. But then there's moments of knowing like, hey, you know, I cannot teach until this very thing that I let go because I didn't want bad fruit to come out. I didn't want something for me to sow into people that I know that I'm ultimately responsible because God holds us at a higher standard. And I remember leaving that, that, uh, that classroom thinking, Lord, I wanna do what you call me to do. And if you're telling me to wait, I'll wait. But I need this breakthrough and I really don't know what it is. And I don't know what I'm holding on to. I just, I, 
I can't fix something I'm not really sure about. I'm praying within myself as I'm walking towards the sanctuary. I prayed right before I get into the sanctuary. My favorite, com- favorite song comes on about breakthrough. And I'm like, yes, this is my time. I know it is. And I'm praying and I said, Lord, what is it? I will let it go because I don't want to miss out on what you have for me. It's nothing better than what you have for me. It's no point of holding on to this pain. And so, Lord, what is it? And I closed my eyes and I saw a movie reel. And he showed me this moment when you got hurt, this moment you got hurt, this moment when you got hurt, this moment when you got hurt, this moment when you got hurt. It's not so much that you didn't forgive, but you've carried it as though that he gave you value, though it made you your identity, though it it defined who you are. It doesn't define you. I cannot tell you who you are. I cannot fill you with me if you keep feeling yourself with the experiences and the things that you've gone through, what people have said, the things that you've done, things you've gone, even the mistakes that you've made. That's not who you are. It is an event that has happened. It is something that you can learn and grow from and turning from a story into a testimony, but you keep reliving it as though it is part of you, but it isn't. I'm part of you and that's it. And that's the main reason why, when I tell you in the very beginning, when I lost everything, there was a purpose and reason because he wanted to build me back up in him and only him because the things and the platforms, the things he's called me to do, that will no longer be part of it and no longer will fracture the things that he will do for me, the weight that he puts upon me. And I knew at that very moment, I said, Lord, and I felt this strong presence of like, forgive me that I've allowed it, that I chose it, that I held onto it for so long, but I'm ready to let it go and I'm ready to move on. I let it go, and in that instant moment, I finally felt more of myself than ever have been. I actually went to lunch later that day, and I was like talking to people like, hey, how are you doing? Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm back, yay! (laughs) And and so it's little by little, I've been coming, and the fact that I'm even on here, my gosh, that is a praise report in itself, like I said before, and I'm very grateful and thankful for the opportunity. And I just pray that you continuously seek the Lord and whatever God, whatever person or individual or situation that God is bringing to mind, it's really not worth it. And the real question is to ask yourself, why am I still holding on to it? For me, there was moments where it was proof that I got hurt because if I let it go and forgive it, then it's forgotten, but it wasn't worth it. So ask yourself that question. It's time to let go because God has so much more for you. He's bringing you back to this refining moment because there's greater things that he has for you. There's people that you can touch that I may not be able to touch. There's things that he has for you. So it's time to let God cultivate and work in your heart. Thank you guys so much. My personal life? Oh, oh, so uh, I am, don't like to say my age, but I will tell you because there's a purpose. I, 40, I'm 40 years old, and I thought I'd be married in my 20s. And then I thought, well, maybe my 30s. I said, Jesus, I'm Bonnie, I'm still single, do you remember? And so uh, I have met somebody, and it's crazy. He comes here, he serves here, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So there's been so many amazing blessings that have come from out of all this crazy stuff that sometimes it doesn't make sense. Um, I actually will add one more thing. Um, Joseph, um, when he told his dream to his brothers, um, you know, it's so easy to say like, oh, he was being prideful and things of that sort. But the thing is, is he was 17 years old. He was a young kid. He spoke out like any other 17 year old would. It should have been a safe place for him to speak the things that he was able to speak. And so, but also I believe that the reason why he spoke that was because to show that that wasn't the environment that was gonna be good or safe for him to grow in the things that God had called him to be. So God often helps you get 
allows things to situation to happen so that when he puts you in the place that you're called to be, that you're able to grow and be surrounded by people who can cultivate that. And I honestly believe that that's why I'm here. And I'm just very thankful and grateful for you all. And I appreciate you. Oh, yes. So I will be teaching the Pursue God class with a bunch of other group of leaders. Um, I'm also going to be helping a few other areas like Summit Life. I'm super excited about that. So y'all go check it out if you haven't came. Um, and also, in Jesus' name, if everything works out, I should be getting married pretty soon. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah. So, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, Bonnie Walker, let me get you up here. Bonnie Walker. <laughs> Did you change your name? Uh, well, I don't either, actually, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing you up here to do what you do so well, which is to pray. Okay, but first let me read this to you. Because I wanted bon, this Bonnie Moya to share because she was really wounded and those wounds could have defined her future because many people are the walking wounded. And like she said, you have to make intentional decisions. You have to forgive those who hurt you and choose to continue to walk in love. And she obviously trusted the process because she honestly, when I met her, she was like, I don't ever want to go to church again. And I don't blame her. But it you may never have been hurt at church. If you haven't been, you are a rare breed. But, but because you know why? The Bible says where there are no ox, the stall is clean. So where there's people, there's mess. So, and I think you lived out that scripture for a while in your room, watching online, just you and the walls. Well, there was no mess because there were no ox. But when you get ox or people, there's going to be messes, and that's just all there is to it. But a scripture that unfortunately, in a sense, the Lord brings back to me more or almost as much as anything because I've lived it so much, and I want to read it to you. And then Bonnie is so good, this Bonnie Walker, is so good at spotting people that are alone or isolated or wounded. I mean, it's like she's got a radar, and, and she'll go after them. And the Lou... Bonnie was referring to, you remember Mama Lou, um, Bonnie's mom, who is just a light and blessing to all of us, and I'm sure is continuing to be in Shreveport, but just always, I always say, when I grow up, I want to be like you, because she's just always put together and just so beautiful and so perfect, and she's what, 96? Is she 90? What? She's 98 and a half. Puts on her makeup every day. Her nails are always polished. She is my kind of girl. I'm just telling you, that's how I'm going to be. And but, but this is the scripture when I start saying, which I don't do often, but occasionally, why God, why, when God, when, how long God, how long, how many of you have ever said that? And, it's, and he always brings back to me Jeremiah 15. And in this passage, Jeremiah is arguing with the Lord. And he says, well, your words were found and I ate them. Your words were a joy and rejoicing in my heart. I'm called by your name. I didn't sit with those who make merry. I didn't rejoice. I sat alone because your hand was upon me. I mean, he's blaming God. I did everything right. Just like Bonnie said, I've done everything you've asked me to do. And I'm still in a pile of mess here. 
And listen to what he says to the Lord, Jeremiah 15, 18. Why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, here you go, refusing to be healed? He asked the Lord, why is my wound refusing to be healed? And then he blames God. Will you be to me like a deceitful brook and like waters that fail and are uncertain? I don't even have the nerve to say that. But he says, God, you have failed me. You are a deceitful brook to me because I did it right. And, you know, the Lord didn't get mad at him, but he did answer him. Therefore, thus says the Lord to Jeremiah, this is verse 19. If you return and you give up this mistaken tone of distrust and despair, then I will again give you a settled place of quiet and safety, and you will be my minister. And if you separate the precious from the vile, and this is what is so powerful, cleansing your own heart from unworthy and unwarranted suspicions concerning God's faithfulness, you will be my mouthpiece. And, and Bonnie lived that out. I mean, she was questioning God. I've, have you ever, tell me the truth. Have you ever said, God, you know, I've done what you've asked me to do and nothing's better. You are the problem, Lord. And then the Lord answers, wait a minute. The problem is in your heart where you may not be able to see. You have distrust and despaired. Despair concerning my faithfulness. You have unwarranted suspicions. And so I'm asking you to separate the precious from the vile because I am faithful. That's my name. The Lord says I'm faithful and true. But so you, could, you have a choice and I have a choice. We can either hold on to those wounds. But what if she had? Now she's got this wonderful position. I, I've heard that the Pursue God, God class is just really helping so many people. It's a ground-level discipleship class. Is that correct? As I understand it. It's a ground-level discipleship class. Now she's been asked to be part of a team that teaches and disciples other people. And she's met her future husband. And come on, people. What if she had had that incurable wound? And what this tells me is that every wound is curable because it says refusing to be healed. And so I want to be like Mama Lou and like her daughter who carries the legacy that spot out those people because what if that hadn't happened? See, these are the good what ifs. All right, so Bonnie, I'm going to ask you to pray for everybody and then we'll go into prayer groups, okay? Thank you. Okay, Father, uh, we just come to you now in your presence, and we're so thankful and overwhelmed with the fact that anytime, anywhere, your doors open and we are welcome into your presence. I thank you, Father, that you call on us and command us to pray for each other. I thank you that we come in here this morning, this group of women, all of us together. We kneel down before you, and we give honor and glory to you. And to your son, I thank you for how you continue to pour into our lives, no matter what stage of life we are in, that every single morning is a new day and a new opportunity, new opportunity to grow closer to you and to grow in you, and a new opportunity to be your instrument in your kingdom. I just pray, I say to you, you know what, what do you want said out loud? You promised us in your word. You will put the words in our mouth. Yes. And it comes to me, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart 
be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Let us go forth, Father, and do your will. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, so Bonnie, what do you look for in people? I mean, do you just like, do you have a radar or like, because I hear this about you all the time. You're always seeking out the lost and the broken. So talk to a little bit about that. I don't think about it, but I, I don't think about it, but I recognize it when it's put in front of me. I think that would be the way I would explain it. So I have a friend, Sandy, where are you? There she is in her little black cap. And Sandy and I became closer a little while ago. So like this morning when you called us out about whether we were staying for prayer right, or not, right. Sandy jumped up and she was looking around to see where to sit. And my arm just went up without thinking and said this way. So I hope what it is all the time is a readiness to be used by That's the Lord. Right. But I will say this to you right now. I am not perfect. I make more mistakes than every one of your mistakes added all together, and I do it every single day. But just, that, just hoping to be in the mode where the Lord can tap you and say, okay, this is for you. Yeah. So you're willing. Yes, amen. Thank you, Bonnie. Do you just have to be willing? I mean, it may not be that same anointing. She's describing anointing. It may not be that same anointing. But do your part. I mean, just do your part. You know, sometimes when there's a prayer call for the people come up front, I mean, I'll look around and, well, who seems alone and broken? And just, you know, and I'll go up and I'll just touch them and then they break. They don't even know who's behind them. They'll just break. Because everybody needs a touch. And the beautiful news is, the Bible says, as many as touched him were made perfectly whole. And that's our part. That's our portion. We're, we're Jesus with skin on right now. I'll no longer be with you, but I will be in you. And so we just have to be willing. I believe where Jesus said, the works that I do greater will you do because I return to the Father. A lot of people interpret that as, oh, we should be able to, to do all of the, the earth itself cannot contain the books written. But I don't believe that is at all what he's saying. He's saying corporately we do greater works because look at how many of us there are. He was still human, fully divine, but fully human. He could not be in more than one place at one time. But through the, the tribe, the army of people that have given their heart to Jesus, I mean, from sea to sea and coast to coast and land to land, Africa and Arabia and South and North America and Australia and Antarctica and you, you name it. And all around the world, the people that love him, we are a greater force because we are many. So... I think we miss out on a lot of what the Lord wants to do because, well, we're supposed to be doing the greater works. So I've never even seen a miracle. Well, thank God I have seen a miracle. Quite a few. But let, just do your part. I mean, that's simple. When Mama Lou found Bonnie and then her daughter Bonnie takes her in, just that simple thing. I mean, what if people had ignored her? I mean, Bonnie Moya would have said, well, just like I thought, I'll just go back to my room. But instead she went, oh, no. <laughs> Just a touch. 
So Southwestern Bell, I don't even know if there's such a thing as Southwestern Bell anymore. I don't think there is. But there used to be some really wonderful advertisements. Today, they I can't think of a nice word to describe what I think of current day advertisements because they're just all describing sickness and disease and death. And I just, I won't watch it. I'm glad for the, what do you call thing that you record on? But in the old days, there were some great advertisements. And one of them was Southwestern Bell. And it was reach out and touch someone. And it was just all about making that call. Reach out and touch. I loved that. And I'm not considering just quote to you some of the great advertisements that really had merit and meaning. But I'm saying to you today, reach out and touch someone. They're, the walking wounded are all around you. And I'll tell you what I look for when I'm out and I don't know anybody. I look for people that need a word of encouragement. Checkers, servers, you name it. And I will find something about that person, something, to say something kind to. And I have seen people go from grouchy just to illuminated. Back in the day when they used to carry your groceries out, I miss those days. I'm just telling you. But when, back in the day, and you don't want to ask for that anymore because it means you're really feeble, and so I don't prefer that. But, but when they used to carry groceries out, from the checker to the car trunk, I knew the whole life story of those people. Because I know I have that anointing that people just want to talk to me. And I listen. And I'm just, Lord, what do you want me to say to them? What word of hope do you want me to give them? Or he'll call me to give something to someone I don't even know. But I always give it with Jesus loves you. Because you don't give a hungry man seed. You give a hungry man bread. So I just want to encourage you. Just take her testimony. Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time and a purpose for everything under heaven. And something I have found out very clearly is I will, I will get out of myself and focus on other people in prayer and in encouragement, things change much more quickly than if I sit there and pity myself. The man at the pool of Bethesda stayed there for 38 years feeling sorry for himself. 38 years. Most of you will never know if I'm going through a trial. It's seriously doubt you'll ever know I'm going through a trial because I refuse to be self-absorbed. Yes, gather a couple of people that you trust to pray for you. But just but get out of yourself. It makes such a difference. All right, so especially today, if you are wounded and if you're sitting in the audience and you, you do want prayer, please join a prayer team. And, and uh, so we're going to just do that today. Tell your prayer leaders, Vivenzios, Vita, Michelle, you did last week, didn't you? And uh, Janice, you did last week, and Pam, of course. And just ask for prayer. And that doesn't mean the prayer leader is the only one to pray. You can pray for people too. But let's get whole so that we can reach out and touch and fulfill our destiny and recognize. I hope it encourages you. There is a time and a purpose for everything under heaven. And if you are in the times that we don't like, the weeping time and, and such, just know that the other season is upon you. Okay? All right, we'll see you guys next week. And we're going to have a testimony uh, from someone who every doctor said should have died but lived. 
and will it'll be really I think exciting. So especially if you need for the next two weeks, if you need physical healing in any way, I believe we're going to have a breakout of healing. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.